This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling Biru. Hey guys, welcome back to Pop Culture Confidential. Thanks so much for joining me again. So I've said it before and I'll say it again, that despite everything we're going through in 2020, it's a really good film year. And Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, starring Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman, and my guest this week, Glenn Turman, is a knockout. It's actually one of my favorite films of the year so far. I'll get back to telling you more about the movie, but first let me introduce you to my guest, who I can safely say deserves the title of icon. Glenn Turman started his career at age 12 in the Broadway production of A Raisin in the Sun, starring Sidney Poitier and Ruby Dee. He was preach in the seminal high school movie Cooley High, and that's the movie that Ingmar Bergman saw and cast him in his film The Serpent's Egg. For us 80s kids, we all remember Terman in Gremlins. He's the professor who experiments on a mogwai and it does not end well. Terman starred on A Different World. He was Mayor Clarence Royce on David Simon's The Wire. He starred in Super 8, won an Emmy for his performance on In Treatment. And he's Dr. Senator on the TV series Fargo. And that's just a small portion of the work he's done on film and TV the past many, many decades. He looms large. Plus, he was married to Aretha Franklin between 1978 and 1984. Now he's excellent as Toledo, the pianist in Ma Rainey's band. Ma Rainey played by Viola Davis based on the real Rainey, the queen of the blues. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is based on the August Wilson play set in the 1920s. The film is directed by George C. Wolfe and deals with issues of race, art, and exploitation of black recording artists by white producers. We see Ma Rainey's band gather in the recording studio. We have Cutler, Toledo, Slowdrag, and the young, hot-blooded Levy played explosively by Chadwick Boseman. It was his last role before he left us much too young. He died of cancer earlier this year. So if Terman's character Toledo represents the old, then Boseman's Levy is the new. I got the opportunity to talk to Glenn Terman by phone, so please excuse some of the few sound glitches. We talked about everything from the movie to working with Chadwick Boseman on his last role. We talked about Bergman, Aretha Franklin, and how Ma Rainey's Black Bottom resonates so incredibly in 2020. A one, a two, a you know what to do. This would be an empty world without the blues. I try to take that emptiness and fill it up with something. But they want to call me Mother Blues. That's all right with me. It don't hurt none. <laughs> Where's the, uh, the horn player? I got a friend. Come on, Levy. You rehearse like everybody else. I'm going to get me a band and make me some records. I know how to play real music, not this jug band shit. You call that playing music? Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Go on and find me, I don't care. When I got there, they began to say. That's to get the people's attention. 
That's when you and Slow Drag come in with the rhythm part. Me and Cutler play on the break. Levy, the sooner you understand it, and what you say is what my say to count. <laughs> we'll be ready to go in 15 minutes. We'll be ready to go when Madam says we're ready to go, and that's the way it go around here. I'm thrilled and honored to talk to you about this incredible performance and adaptation. Thank you. Hello, hello, thank you, thank you. It was a pleasure meeting you. Right. I, I have a short message from my kid I promised to say that he wants me to say exactly this. We love you, so please don't give shots to Mogwise. <laughs> oh, tell him I learned my lesson. Oh, I will. So you've played Toledo both on stage and in film. Would you please describe him for us? Well, Toledo is a man, actually, who suffers from a broken heart. He's, uh someone who's who's learned his lessons in terms of uh, what the human nature is of, uh, of mankind to a degree. He's self-taught, so he's able to read, and he's very proud of that, almost to a fault. Mm-hmm. Make him a little uh, stuffy at times and long-winded. And he's very um, justice-conscious for his people, you know. He's very, very aware of the plight of his people as a group. Director George Wolfe actually said about Ma Rainey, he said that it's a metaphor for America. How can it have a future until it can come to terms with its complicated past? Would you say that's what the characters are doing? Trying to come to terms with their complicated past? Mm -hmm. For certain, yeah, for certain. They're trying to, to, you know, justify uh, and or get out of this life what they what they deserve you know Mm -hmm. um trying to find a way to to uh hold keep their head up and um be recognized you know and walk away with some sort of dignity and power of their own situations what is you i don't see your name in lights oh i just play the piece whatever they want i don't criticize other people's music i ain't like you i got talent oh me and this horn we's tight if my daddy had a note I was going to turn out like this, he would have named me Gabriel. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to give me a band and make me some records. I didn't give Mr. Stutterman some of my songs I wrote, and he said he's going to let me record them when I get my band together. I just got to finish the last part of this song. I got style. Oh, everybody got style. Style ain't nothing but keeping the same idea from beginning to end. Everybody got it. Everybody can't play like I do. Chadwick Boseman who has a couple monologues that just went straight to my heart. And, of course, we all know what he was going through. Tell me a little bit what it was like um, working with him. Well, you know, he's wonderful to work with. He's a great guy. Uh, you know, obviously extremely talented. A pleasure to, to, to watch as a, you know, from my point of view, because I've been in this longer than he was old. So I've seen a, a lot and worked with a lot of great great performers, but um, it was refreshing to see someone as young as he is taking the craft so seriously, taking so many risks, and um, being so dedicated to what what we were doing, you know, and without without taking himself so seriously that he didn't do the work, you know, and figured maybe his fame could coast him to glory, you know, when indeed... 
It was indeed his work ethic and his, his, his appreciation for the craft that served him so well. Right, right. You've said that mentors kept you on your path. I mean, you were 12 years old when you were in the original Broadway production of A Raisin in the Sun with Sidney Poitier, with Ruby Dee. Now you're the mentor, so to speak. What would you say to kids coming up in your field? Well, you know, I, I, I would say don't get into it for fame and fortune. You know, uh, it's, it's too demanding. And it's, 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 uh, it can be uh, heartbreaking if you're getting into it for the wrong reasons, you know. You, further, you, you do have to get into it for love. That's what I, I loved about watching Chadwick, was that I knew he was in it because he loved it. He mm. could, it's like you can't help, can't help but do it. This is what you're made to do, you know. <laughs> you, you can't help it. Yeah, you know, you're just there. You got you to gotta be there. That means he's not there for the money or the fame. He's there because he has a calling to be there, and uh, that can develop even. You know, you don't. You know, so that's why I say to kids: study, study the craft, so you learn the craft of what it is that you're getting into. So that's what I usually say: Did you study? Have you studied? Who are you studying with? You know, right, right. So that you know the craft. And you certainly studied, and you went from you know we started talking about Gremlins, and then to Bergman. You starred in a Ingmar Bergman movie. You starred in The Serpent's Egg. He saw you in Cooley High, and the thing he right. said was when he called you, he said, I knew that you were the one. Why yeah. were you the one for Ingmar Bergman? I don't know. <laughs> You're the best. I, you got to understand. Christina, I don't have to this day. He said that, but I don't know why he picked me, you know, uh, Many of the directors that were out there at the time, he was one of my favorite directors, so I couldn't believe that he was calling me and asking me to be a part of it, The Serpent's Egg. I, I was flawed, and I'm still flawed, you know? So Ma Rainey, the queen of the blues, I mean, Viola Davis is just absolutely amazing. Brilliant. Ma Rainey did not suffer fools, and the queen of the blues, you were married to the queen of soul. Aretha Franklin. So mm -hmm. I was wondering, mm -hmm. immersing yourself into these two women's lives, so to speak, both with this play that you've done several times and, and with Aretha, what have you learned about women in the music industry and what these two in particular had to endure? That they had a, an a incredible sense of self, self-worth and acknowledgement of their gift. I remember once we were being interviewed and someone asked uh, Aretha, who's her favorite singer? Mm -hmm. She said, I am. Of course! <laughs> <laughs> you know, how could you, you even ask such a question? You know, <laughs> so, so that, but that kind of self-awareness, is that I would expect the same to be said, uh, and, and it was in the movie of uh, Mara Rainey, I just had that same attitude. And it's, you know, they're able to see who they are and know their worth and un unapologetically present that person, you know, present themselves as who they see that to be and who you see that to be. I am this and I'm, I'm all of that. And therefore, that's why I am who I am. Blues help you get out of bed in the morning. You get up knowing you ain't alone. Something else in the world. Something been added by that song.
It's be an empty world without the blues. <laughs> so what was it like, do you think, to be the, the pianist of that, of Ma Rainey, or, or the spouse of Aretha Franklin? Well, keep your head on Ma Rainey. There was one scene in there, she was eating peanuts, and she had the peanuts and just didn't offer anybody any peanuts, just ate the peanuts, just like she did the Coke. You know, it's just drinking the Coke. Doesn't offer anybody anything, but quenches her thirst. And then she set the peanuts down and she left and she leaves the room. Well, Toledo took some peanuts. (laughs) 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 He he, he took some peanuts. He was hungry. He wanted some peanuts. So he's the cat who who, who knows how to survive and navigate you know, the reality of his situation. You see what I'm saying? And get what he needs out of this whole deal. You know, none of the other guys would dare take any of Maureen's peanuts. But he would. You know, know, he would do that. (laughs) The old timer. He'd be an old, old timer. He would take some peanuts, you know, and he did. The character of, of Levy, we were talking about Chadwick Boseman and Toledo, in a way, they're quite the opposite. Yeah, well, they're the old and the new. They're quite opposed, you know. Levy is, is someone brash and full of uh, gumption and, and strange ideas, you know. And uh, Toledo is someone who's uh, been there, done that kind of guy and, you know, understands what the, the kid is going through. but. It, but it seems that he's going about it the wrong way. So yeah, that's you know that's usually that dynamic, you know, of the young and the and the old. And we need both, right? We got both. Yeah. How do you think that this will resonate in 2020? Because of exactly some of the lines, the, the, the focal points that August points out. Politically, right now, it couldn't be more resonant because Toledo's speech. Uh, we've got to, to do things together, you know, where he says, you know, we've got to we've got to work together. What do you think I'm going to do this all by myself? No, I'm talking about us, we. You understand what we mean? That's me, you and me, all of us working together. Well, that's what happened just in this election. You know, we right. all worked together finally and changed the situation that was really going really bad for us, you know, as a people but especially as a black people, you know, and we all found out that our vote did count this time, though, know, and that had we not all voted, uh, we would have not been able to hopefully better the circumstances for ourselves. Well, however, it doesn't get any more relevant than that. Let me talk a little bit about the acting here. It's just incredible. It's almost as, as like music, like the music you're playing. Tell me a little bit about acting and the difference between doing it as a play and now on film. Well, I'll go back. Doing it as a play, uh, you know, is is a wonderful thing. But you gotta you gotta know how to reach the back of the house, back of a thousand seat house, in terms of sharing your emotion or sharing your thought or whatever it is that you're sharing. And the film, of course, is always cameras right in your face. Mm-hmm. And you have to know how to economize that same emotion. It's, and it's, it's not where the act, acting is coming from that you, you, you do differently. In other words, it comes from the same real place of pain or, 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 or joy, depending on what it's called for. It's just a matter of 
how it's exposed, you know. So that's just that's just technique. Some choose to to acknowledge that technique. Some say they don't have to change the performance. It's just a choice of technique. It's like playing a trumpet with a mute or without a mute, mm-hmm. you know. Preparing for for the film, um, how did you guys work? Was it a lot of rehearsal? Yes, we had two weeks. We had a two week rehearsal period. Mm-hmm. Which was wonderful, you know. That rehearsal period was really needed, and it allowed us, as a as a group, to become a band. You know, we were able to work with each other, and uh, you know, uh, hang out afterwards for some time, and uh, become a gel as a band. And that's that's what George wanted. He wanted us. He wanted the, the audience to think that we had been together for a long time. Oh, yeah, it was incredible. It really feels like you guys had been a band. It was just seamless. Oh, great. Good. So you have, we were mentioning, I mean, you've, you've been in this business since you were 12 years old. I mean, we haven't even had time to mention all the people you've worked with, from David Simon to J.J. J. Abrams to, you know, Bergman. Um, looking, back, <laughs> looking back at your career and going forward, what have you learned about yourself as an actor, would you say? I think, uh, and I think it came from George. I think one of the biggest compliments I've gotten recently from, uh, from a director that I admire is that he, he said, Glenn, I trust your truth. And I think that that's, that was one of the biggest compliments, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know as an actor, I... At this point in my career, I don't repeat performances either on stage or takes, uh, take after take on the screen, you know. I, they're never the same. You do it differently and every time. Every time, mm-hmm. yeah. It's refreshing to hear that. It trusts my truth because that truth is coming from a place that allows it to be different every time because every moment of your life is different, isn't it? You understand my point? I do. So... Mr. Tormenth, I thank you so much for taking your time with me, and especially a thank you for this movie. I can't wait to see the world's reactions. And thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Glenn Terman. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom premieres on Netflix on December 18th. And thank you so much for joining me. Please subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Christina Biro. See you next time. Hello, everyone. My name is Matt Neglia, and I am the host of the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Film Entertainment Awards website, nextbestpicture.com. On our show, we explore all year long what is possibly going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. We do this by conducting interviews with people within the film industry, holding weekly reviews of the latest theatrical releases, and on our main show, where we dive into various different topics, answer your fan questions, and also do our best to explore Oscar history's past in hopes that it will tell us something new for this upcoming award season race. We hope that you will join us on all of the various podcasting networks. We look forward to seeing you over at nextbestpicture.com. Bye.